Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to episode 206 of Slam Fire Radio for May 19th, 2017. I'm the host with the most pressure on him right now because I was told to do something cool for the intro and the entire time during the main topic, I was thinking about it more than the conversation I was having with the guest, which is really rude. <laughs> and as a, I still, I got nothing. Like I have absolutely nothing. I'm Trevor and that's my intro. <laughs> I'm Adriel and my intro is a lot shorter. Oh, and I'm Kelly apparently. What are we doing again? This is the intro, the one you told me not to screw up. You're like, make it good, don't suck. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> make it good or he sucked. Yep. Didn't suck. No, I think he's implying I sucked. Yeah, you did. Fine. I'll do more gooder in three weeks. Best intro ever. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, okay. I love it. Good job, Trevor. You actually did a really good job. But not at the intro. Not intentionally, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. So why don't we jump into what we did this week in guns? And what we did this week in guns is brought to us by the Calgary Shooting Center. Uh, I screwed that up too. <laughs> brought to us by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Uh, this week, the Calgary Shooting Center has SD9s on special for three hundred and seventy-nine dollars. Did you hear that, folks? Did you hear that? He said, "And I did." That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, $379. What's an SD9? An SD9 is a Smith & Wesson pistol in 9mm, which is basically the new Sigma. It's like the M&P's uglier, handicapped cousin. Yeah, it's the older version of it, but that price is killer. $379? Like, that's Nork territory. It's a lot of gun. It's a lot of gun for $379. Yeah. It really is. Go out to YouTube and check the reviews. Some of the biggest gun channels have reviewed this pistol, and they're like, I should hate it, but I don't. They don't like the trigger. It has, like, the original horrible Sigma trigger, but whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. like you said, that's Nork territory, but not Nork. That's not an ugly gun. It's not a pretty gun, but it's not an ugly gun. I was expecting, like, high point or something looks, but it's... that. I mean, it it, it reminds me a lot of the SR9, actually. But it's all Glock. Like, it's still the Sigma knockoff. We're at Nanchuk's, that indoor range that you'll hear briefly in our interview later so i walk up to the counter and i'm like oh can i see that she's like yeah so of course me being me i start fuel stripping it yeah <laughs> you know and uh, i should have just left it apart and give it back to her because she was looking at me like what are you doing and I should have looked at her <laughs> you're and said, breaking the gun <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how to put it back together lady but anyway i reassembled it gave it to her and then she like cleared it oh so, well that's good yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So this is anyway. basically a Sig or it's a Sigma copy. Yep. Interesting. Because I've I've handled a Sigma. I've shot a Sigma actually. I the, think it did, didn't uh, M&P get in trouble with about the Sigma because yeah. it's no, too close not to the M&P. Glock. Yeah, yeah. Smith and Wesson. So if you if you buy the book Glock America's Handgun or whatever the title of that book is, I love that book. And I especially loved reading it on an airplane and getting weird looks from <laughs> crybaby liberals. There's a there's a story in that book, Adriel, about this, and basically they it goes like this. 
Smith and Wesson was trying to keep up. They couldn't keep up, and finally they said, "Look, if you can't beat it, copy it." And that's yep. what they did. Well, they, they copied it just a little bit too and, too close. Yeah, and they got they, sued and had to pay royalties for every Sigma they sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Great book, by the way. I'm not yeah. a big reader. I've read it. I, I actually uh, read. I literally read Trevor's copy because he lent it to me. <laughs> there you go. So. <laughs> yeah, good book, huh? Yeah, I enjoyed it's it. It's one of those. It's one of those books. It's like. Daytona Nights. You didn't have to like NASCAR to watch Daytona Nights. Right. You don't have to be a gun person to read this book and enjoy no, it. No, it's an interesting story. Yep. Yeah. Rise of America's Pistol or something like that. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's carry on into what we did this week in guns now that all of our listeners have bought a Sigma. Yeah. Well, why not at that price? Estina. Heck, I might go yeah. buy one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and of all the polymer guns I bought last year, Jeff was like, do you want this one? And I'm like, you really don't no. need to. No. <laughs> no. No, Mr. Peter. No. So, yeah, I passed on it because I already had an MP, right? So, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. McClatchy. Yo. I heard a rumor about some hunting with a par. <laughs> yeah, I took the PAR out for a drive last night in the truck. I went out. Um, well, lately I've been seeing a lot of groundhogs. It's spring and they're coming out of their holes and they're running around in people's lawns and stuff. And. I can't shoot them off of people's front yards. Apparently, with a that's bow, you fr- can. I have. <laughs> Apparently, it's frowned upon with a, a centerfire rifle. But I've I've wanted to shoot one with my PAR for a little while. I mean, and why not? So I took it out in the truck and got the truck nice and muddy. Played in some old gravel pits and dirt logging roads and almost got stuck, but didn't because it's a Toyota. And uh, yeah, so driving along and sure enough, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm watching all these dirt clumps in this field that some farmer had just uh, spread manure or something. So he's a bunch of clumps, and every single one of them looked like a gopher, of course. Groundhog. Yeah, sure, groundhog, that too. <laughs> I don't. I use the terms interchangeably, anymore. and I don't care. So okay, grouse, partridge, partridge whatever. <laughs> yeah, groundhog. So anyway, one of these dirt clods actually finally moved. After staring at it for long enough, and it turned out it really was a groundhog and not me on acid. And so uh, I jumped out of the truck and grabbed the PAR and charged it up. And it was 45, maybe 50 yards away. It wasn't a super long shot. Long enough that I figured I might have to hold over for height, uh, uh, sight over bore. So I held just over his head. And I press a trigger, and he just ducked his head down a little bit. And I saw the dirt kick up behind him about uh, 10 feet beyond. I'm like, oh, I guess uh, it's a lot closer to dead on at, at this distance. I didn't have to do any holdover at all. He didn't run off, which was the most amazing thing ever. So I cycled the action and came back up again and lined back up. This time I put it just basically underneath his eye and uh, press the trigger. And and his eye, hold it, his eye is on what part of his Body? <laughs> on his head. And his and what mm. part is that? The front part of his head? Speaking the front part of his head. That whole That is, is technically his face, isn't it? It is his face! <laughs> yeah, I shot <laughs> another face. shot another groundhog in the face. But here's the thing, I shot him in the side of the face, not in the front of the face. And that's kind of what you know, you shoot someone in the face, it's because they're facing you. So I don't really call it a face shot, but I guess sort of it is. Oh picky. Get like half a half a face shot, maybe. But anyway, let's just say that there was no face left. The uh, the two two three. I mean, I'm used to hunting with my twenty two, and a twenty two is perfectly adequate for shooting groundhogs and any other vermin around here, for the most part, coyotes even up close. But uh, I mean, I 
prefer two to three, of course, for coyotes. But um, you know, I'm used to what a 22 does to to an animal of that size, and I was not quite prepared for what the two to three was going to do with a 55 grain projectile going over 3,000 feet per second. Let's. I don't want to get too graphic, but there was no head left. Just sort of disappeared. It was just sort of a smoking neck hole in a body. <laughs> there, there were bits of gopher hanging off the trees. <laughs> oh, there's some people who varmint hunt who like love that, and there's probably some listeners that are horrified. <laughs> that's right, and that's the thing. I tried to walk that fine line, but I, I think I jumped over it with both feet and stomped a little bit. But I'm sorry for those who are a little bit more sensitive, but I'm the kind of guy that, I mean, it's a, it's a varmint and it was an ethical shot because he didn't feel a thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, when I hunt, whether it's a groundhog or a black bear or deer, I want it dead. Yes. Like I want it dead instantaneously. Yeah. Like this whole thing about ba- when you shoot a black bear with a with a bow or even a gun they do a death moan yeah nobody told me that they do this i was upset yeah. i was like yeah. oh my god it's that suffering and the guy's like dude it's not suffering it's just it's just letting out its last couple of breaths yeah this is the noise they make don't worry that sound means you dispatch the animal cleanly it's okay but i'm like i don't want to hear that <laughs> <laughs> well this guy didn't let out any moan let's just say that no you just got no out, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was um, it was a clean that. kill. Uh, well, it wasn't. It was an ethic. It, wasn't clean, it wasn't clean. There was nothing clean was about instant. it. But it was instant. Yes. So it was. Um. Yeah. It was. It was fun. So I got to go for groundhog. Whatever. Nice. I got a groundhog. I've only, seen, I've only seen two so far. I need to start carrying around one of my twenty twos. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, there's one out of the airport that uh, I want to get because he's dug underneath one of the hangars, and I don't want Not him good. under the hangar. So that guy's got to go and. That's huh? the problem, right? They're destructive. They really are. I mean, that's why they're shoot on site here in New Brunswick. They are literally a pest. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we want to get rid of had them out here. Well, you guys got destructive environments out here. <laughs> yeah. You, you have gophers and billions of them. Yeah. We have See, I would rather have thousands. what you have, Adriel, because the target rich yeah. environment, that's kind of what I like. I like to shoot. Yeah. And so that would be fun. Realistically, we could be, you know, if we get three in a day. Oh, that's we're, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, the fact that I got one last night was amazing. Like, you mm-hmm. just don't normally see them. They're not nearly as prevalent. And, yeah, and I'm going to go out this weekend, and I'm going to shoot 100 gophers. Oh, I hate wow. you. And you only get a month, and then they're gone. Yeah. You see them a lot in April and May, mostly May. Yeah. By the end of June, you just they're don't gone. see them anymore. No. They're they all bur- the burrowed underneath. Yeah. and yep. <laughs> Cool. What else, Matthew? That was it. That's all I did that's, this week in guns. I think it was enough, though. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'll just keep going in the order of the notes. I've only got three things written down here. So about I, like half an hour, then? I'm going to do my best, man. All right. And if you taught me, I will stretch it out to spite you. Cause Bring that's it. The hey, look, we don't have any listener feedback tonight, so you just go ahead and prattle on, and I'll poke you, and we'll see just where we go. <laughs> So you need the go button smash, do you? <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> I like a good go button rant every now and then. So let me tell you about the gun club meeting. <laughs> I like where this is starting already. <laughs> yeah. uh, at our last gun club meeting, we've been talking about developing a range orientation course. So, I mean, clubs have rules and constitutions and stuff, but some clubs, like, I mean, then you like Kelly had that thing where she had to go through where she actually had to shoot. And some clubs make you take a test and it's all over the place in what 
clubs feel they they need to require or to you know yeah what they require of new members before they will give them a membership card and a key to the gate and our members have been coming to the meeting with concerns that they're constantly running into people at the range that don't understand range etiquette don't understand the basic safety rules so these are guys that were grandfathered in and never got any safety training or the guys that got through the class maybe by the skin of their teeth i don't know anyway the onus is now falling on the club to safen them up and make them more gooder so that's what we're at to do um two things are going to happen going to develop a range orientation course and that will be a basically a tour of the range a demonstration of casing uncasing and handling of firearms on the line um and 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 that sort of stuff and then the nuances of our range because it's a shared range and how to use flags and how to you know share the range and what you can and can't do all that sort of stuff and then in conjunction with that matthew and i are going to produce a um new members video and the new members video is basically a video of the orientation so the oh, that's such a good idea. I, I I was thinking about that for our club and like go, doing a doing a video is such a good idea. Listen, go to the Abbotsford Fishing Game Club website and they have the most amazing video. Go figure Rod Giltaka is narrating it, probably produced the whole thing. And it, it to me it's like the model. It's the template. Mm. They broke the mold when they made this video. Just go copy Abbotsford Fishing Game, everyone, and you will have a perfect video. <laughs> yeah, it was done very well. Yeah. They've got a decent website too. They sure do. I mean, but remember, this is a club that spent $40,000 on landscaping. Yeah. get your. And I've yeah. ranted, raved, and smashed the go button on this several times. They actually have a house on the property where the caretaker lives. And the job is open right now if somebody wants to be Ooh, the caretaker of the Abbotsford On my way. <laughs> yeah. Like, you live at the gun range. And... um yeah, so it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, the facility is, I mean, they've got a great clubhouse with a small banquet facility, indoor bathrooms, indoor range, uh, like it's just crazy clubhouse. And then they have a bunch of different ranges. I think, sadly, the, the maximum distance they have might be 100, maybe even only 50, I'm not sure. Um, and then they have, oh no, they've definitely got 100. Yeah, they got 100. And then they have a 3D range. And so the 3D range can't be operated when the rifle range is going on and the rifle range can't be operated when the 3d is going on so if you're shooting archery you have to you have to really pay attention to the schedule so it's a shared range like ours and they're really clear in the video how they do this so so anyway matthew and i will produce the video and the video will go on our website just like the abbotsford fishing game have theirs on their website and although it's for new members we're going to encourage everyone to watch it because not just new members need a refresher yeah, right. and that's the thing. Eh? A lot of guys forget what the rules are, forget procedure, whatnot. So having a or quick video, or don't care, or just don't care. Yeah, that's true. We're we're, we're trying to change the 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 climate or the culture at the range, right? Yeah. Um, like I've seen, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but I've I've seen and asked two restricted firearms instructors to please not handle their guns while people are downrange. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit sort of. Yeah, yeah they should know better. Yeah. They should know better. So anyway, um, those are the kinds of things that we're dealing with. So I was out to the range um, yesterday 
actually. I'll, I'll skip ahead to this. I brought two new shooters to the range. One I'd like to actually have on the show as a guest. Cool. This is an individual. He's the principal of one of our elementary schools in the district. Super nice guy. Somebody I actually knew way back in the 80s in my freestyle BMX days. Okay. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he's three years older than I am. But he don't look it, right? And, of course, I look like, you know, much older than everybody. And um, <laughs> a new nickname, Trevor the Gray, is uh Oh, I like it. Me. Yeah. I don't. So, anyway. Too bad. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, this is going to be a thing now. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, Trevor <laughs> the Gray. So, I need, a, I need a wizard hat, Dave, if you're listening. Um, so, this guy contacted me a couple times about going to the range, and we were finally able to pull it off. So, he came along with his uh, neighbor. And his neighbor just has a 270 and he just does a little bit of hunting, you know, so he's fairly, fairly familiar with what's going on and he's quite knowledgeable. Um, he took to the pistol really quickly. Um, so he listened while I was giving the first guy all of the basic instruction and grip and stance and sight alignment, trigger press and all that stuff. And I did the one pound, two pound, three pound stuff. And anyway, they were just, they were just awestruck. They loved it. I mean, I brought out two ARs and the SKS and the Matador arms chassis because that had never been fired with the muzzle brake. And then it had never been fired since I cut the barrel and rethreaded it. And I had the scope on there off of my other AR. And so I hadn't sighted it in and I, uh, brought my, see, I did, I got the Bushnell scope from Adriel. So I threw that on my three gun rifle. I took the loophole off my three gun rifle and put it on the, SKS. Well, that's not happening for me. Adriel, no offense to you. You didn't design the scope or anything, but I don't like that Bushnell scope. Compared the one to, to four? Yeah. I, I might give it one more go. I mean, I got good hits with it. I was shooting the X-Mental target plate rack and hostage target offhand from 50 meters, and I was getting my hits. But the reticle being thick and the, and the, 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 the bullet drop compensator dots, I just... And I, and the the quality of the glass isn't like it is on the loophole. I got spoiled. Like I jumped right into a loophole, and I tried to go to this Bushnell AR two two three. I can't nail it down exactly what it is. I do know I got to bump it forward because my head position is not where it normally is. I've had to bring my head back so that I get the proper eye relief. So I'm gonna bump it. That forward. makes a big difference with scopes. Yeah. You gotta ha- you gotta be comfortable when you're shooting them. Otherwise, you're gonna hate it. So yeah, I would I'd give it another go for sure. Yeah, I just. Well, uh, I, I'm going to say the, the optics aren't loophole optics, right? Oh no, no absolutely not. No, you can't expect yeah. that. No, no. no. Um, Thirty mil, which I didn't realize it was, but that's that's not a problem or anything. It just uh, it didn't fit in my uh, Burris plep mount. Um, I really thought pepper? I was going. Yeah, pepper that. Mount? Yeah, pepper, plepper, leper, whatever. As long yeah, as pretty sure it's leper. Yeah. Yeah, it's the loophole leper. Loophole? <laughs> no, the Burris leper. No, nah, it's you a loophole leper. Part scope falling off. Exactly, yeah. Thanks <laughs> for stealing my joke, jerk. Sorry, dude. That's all right. I would have did it to you. Um, yeah, so I uh, got them all zeroed at 50. The SKS, uh, awesome. I need to shoot on paper and see what kind of groups I'm getting at 50 with the uh, loophole scope. I've got good ammo. I've I can't it. believe you put a loophole scope on an SKS. It's what I own. Yeah. It's just... Gonna... <sighs> I know. I know. The scope is worth more than the SKS in the chassis. Yeah. Well, not, not quite. Not quite. Almost. Quite 
Uh, almost. Well, but, look, so I am with, very interested in seeing your results too because this is really going to be the definitive sort of how accurate can an SKS be because this is probably the first time in history a loophole scope's ever been on an SKS. To, you know, you've given it every possible chance at this moment. So you yes. definitely need to ring out as much accuracy as you possibly can and we'll know definitively just how accurate an SKS is. But two things. Is the muzzle brake affecting the accuracy and... Did cutting the barrel from 20 to 18 and a half affect the accuracy? It, it probably did. Target. It probably improved it. It now has a target crown. Can you believe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. hilarious. So, anyway, yeah. So You're then as far up. as handguns, I brought them the two Titans. I brought them the Glock and the 1911. And I explained, like, this is good, this is evil. On one day, I think this is a good one. On another day, I think this is a good one. I'm all confused. <laughs> I'm having a crisis of faith right now in my guns. And, uh, yeah, so they uh, yeah, they, they, they had a really, really, really good time. And uh, they're going to come over. And we, we were a little pressed for time. I wanted to show them all the guns and then let them pick what guns they wanted to shoot. Right, yeah. But I, there were things I had to get done, so I had to chronograph my match ammo. Yeah. I had to sight in these rifles, so I was like, well, the, you're going to shoot what I brought this time. And then when we got home, I was hoping to show them the rest of the collection and let them pick what they wanted next time, but Christina was already in bed, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then I had another teacher email me today looking for some assistance in getting his RPAL. Cool. So, yeah, I uh, gave him the CFO's number because here in New Brunswick, the CFO schedules those classes. Yeah, that's funny. Actually, that reminds me. The the flight instructor I was flying with this weekend asked me the same thing. He, nice. Uh, he said, dude, you're a firearms instructor, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, can you come down and teach us or give us an RPAL class? And I'm like, actually, no. It's what I can't not, do. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're not taking any new ones. That's right. But anyway, I did point him in the right direction, and so hopefully him and a, a few of his buddies are going to be getting their our pals too and, and start shooting down uh, in that area. So that's kind of cool. Anybody in the St. John area who wants me to meet a couple of new shooters, let me know, and I can hook you up with uh, with him. Nice. So, um, And then, other than that, on Sunday, uh, I went to a Level 2 Ipsic match in Halifax with Lorette and Mo. Um, I did you win? My- I didn't win, but I did beat Lorette, and that's good enough. Yeah, it's it's weird <laughs> you know that it, you beat Lorette and you didn't win. Usually, usually Lorette's winning or you're winning, or you know. Have you have you met Sean Hansen and Jim I Smith? Have, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they're on another level. It's right? just that yeah, you were in another province and another yeah. yeah. So so there's that. Yeah, I I was in third place. Guess what the spread was between first and third? Uh, hundred points. No, the percentages, right? Oh, okay, 100%. Well, 100% was first, yeah. <laughs> he didn't... He, 80. He suck at this. 80, 80 is right. That's yeah. correct, yeah. I did, he yeah. didn't tell me this before either. That was just a good guess. I just know how good uh, those other two guys are for shooting because yeah. they clean most people's clocks quite consistently. Strong. Yeah, they were real, real strong production shooters. But right now, our production team going to the going to the Worlds is... Um, we've had him on the show, Remy, Remy Doucette. Mm-hmm. Alex Burdett and Trenton, and like Trenton is is a young athletic guy who's had professional training. He's like new, but just pff, nailing it. Alex Burdett won SummerSlam and Nationals. Ramiz won some big matches. Trenton's winning some big matches, and these guys are all less than twenty five years old. This is the new a dream team for Ipsic production. Like nice. these guys. Oh yeah. They're on another level. I mean, they're, they're going to be professional shooters. They're just amazing. Awesome. So yeah, that's, 
that's when Jim and Sean went, ah, maybe we want to try out this classic thing. Because we're, <laughs> o- we're over 50. <laughs> we're twice their age. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So the match the match was, was a lot of fun. And I took the opportunity to be squad mom and get my hands on the tablet. And I, I shot a good match, but I didn't give a crap about the match. I looked at the stage and said, all right, that's how I'm going to shoot it. And then I watched Sean and Jim shoot it, and they shot it the way I was going to shoot it. So I was, I was good with that. Reconfirmed that I had a good plan. And then I just concentrated on learning practice score, got up, shot, loaded my mags, went straight back to the tablet. So not stressing well, out. I, uh, yeah, I'd put in just the right amount of level of care. Yeah. And it, and it worked out well. So, yeah. And uh, so beating Lorette is like, you know, um, it's when you do something for the first time, then you get this new confidence like, oh, it is doable. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like the and first I time mean, I beat Mo. <laughs> yeah. You haven't done it since. And I might not beat Lorette. Again, right. We, Doesn't we, matter. We did both, it once. Did right. it once. That means that it's possible. It's well, in our minds, we're champions. Well, I was that one time. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, and Lorette was shooting his uh, his classic gun, so it was a it was a fair match. Not like when the Miramichi, where we were both shooting uh, duty guns, right? Which was still a heck of a lot of fun. And that Grand oh, Powers yeah. uh, shoot, and uh, so that's uh, that's all I got. Adriel, what about you, big guy? What have you been up to? Oh, just did a little three-gun match. Um, yeah, I had a three-gun match on Saturday there. Uh, I ROed the shotgun stages. <laughs> it was a really crappy day. Started out... 31 uh, stages, Adriel? No, 31 oh. shooters. 31 shooters. It says stages. Yeah, I was going to no. say, just a little three-gun match, huh, with 31 yeah, shotgun stages? Three stages. Wow! <laughs> the Nationals. They're wow. very short. Yeah. One round yeah. each. <laughs> 31 uh, shooters. No, well, 31 was, shooters uh, is good. That's a good number. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-one shooters. Uh, it was a it was a long day. Uh, we started pretty early. We like got everything uh, ready really quickly, um, but we were we were on the range until oh about seven, which is kind of late. Yep. Um, I got I got to jump in for a second, Adriel. You had thirty-one yeah. shooters, right? Yes. Adriel and Matthew was saying good turnout. Matthew, mm-hmm. the 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 match in Halifax, and I'm talking to Matthew because he shot a lot of New Brunswick matches, so yeah. he knows what kind of turnouts we get. Seven stages, mm-hmm. 44 shooters. Oh, wow. <laughs> Adriel, I have built a 12-stage level two match in Restigush mm-hmm. for four people. Yep. <laughs> you, know, you, know what they, you know what they call 12, a 12-stage 12 match in Ontario? Uh, level three. Uh, right. Nationals, uh, provincials, <laughs> well, level three. Uh, anything. Level three. Yeah, because yeah, you can get level three certification with 12 stages, and yeah. they just... They don't have the real estate, so they so they do it. And I'm not faulting them for that. I'm no, just no, saying, no, of course not. If you have 12 stages out of province, it's usually a level three. I have 12 stages, and I call it a good morning. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're Johnny on the spot with the beer. Good for you. Thanks. Oh, I didn't mute there, did I? Sorry. No, you certainly didn't. <laughs> hi, Christina. <laughs> Matthew says hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kelly, too. Kelly, too. Adriel's just laughing at us all. So, yeah, carry on, Adriel. Sorry, I just had to. That was a go button, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, I, we had. How many stages do we have? Uh, four, six, six stages we had, uh, including uh, <laughs> one of them was like a, a Canadian home defense stage. Uh, so you you didn't you didn't. I'm looking oh, forward yeah, to hearing about this. About last time, right? Okay, so here's here's the setup. We had a cot, we had a table next to the cot, and we threw a, a case. Your shotgun had to be in the case. Trigger lock on. I oh. I supplied a, a broken trigger lock that just you, doesn't lock, but it just oh, sat on the trigger, kind of a thing. Uh, so on the buzzer, you had to get up, uh, take your shotgun out of the case, 
grab some shells like loosely thrown into this ammo tin and then go through a door and uh, and shoot some targets. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was there was like, there anybody there who went this is lame or was everybody like just loving it? No one said, you know what? Like no one said that to my face. <laughs> Maybe they thought that. <laughs> But uh, no, I, th- I think especially we had a uh, oh I don't know like six six or eight new shooters out and they they ate that stuff up and I mean we had our, all our other standard stages and whatnot. Um, one of our uh, uh, one of our rifle stages. Have you have you guys seen the lead miner uh, stages? No, nope. So you you put uh, you grab your rifle and your shotgun unloaded. You put them in in a stroller that's geared out for a uh, three-gun match. Mm-hmm. Three-gun match strollers will be like one of those tricycle strollers with those big Got wheels one. on them. Got one, yeah. The, uh, uh, the quad uh, shotgun and rifle holders on the side. So you You're describing my, my setup. I know, I'm describing it. Is it, it yellow? Was... <laughs> <laughs> mine did yellow. you take Trevor's when you were here last yeah. time? Like, did you take it with you? <laughs> I bought yeah. it on Kijiji for 25 bucks. Exactly. Yeah, and then you were you yeah. So normally, like this is something you'd use at a, a bigger three gun match or something like that, especially one where there's a lot of walking in between stages. I do that um, when there's one stage. You do that when there's one stage. It's so bulky though; it takes up so much room. No. Anyway, so we we had one we had a, a a stage where your guns were on that, and you were it was like a tactical uh, protect the baby kind of a thing where you grab your rifle out, grab the mags out of that little carrier thing that's kind of underneath where the baby sits and <laughs> that kind of thing. So nice. it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a cool match, but, uh, it was, it was, the, the weather was not nice. It was, uh, it was about six degrees. It was raining and, and blowing. And, uh, I was, uh, I was done by the end of the day. Yeah. That um, always makes it miserable. You yeah, guys don't yeah. do rain dates. Uh, we don't do snow dates. We had one date where yeah, like, I remember that. Amazing. It was like, nope, still shooting. <laughs> nice. I asked the wife up for the day off. I'm I'm using the day off. I don't care how many people come up. Fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my uh my A5 had a whole bunch of crap in the uh in the recoil spring. The recoil spring is kind of in the uh, buttstock there. I had uh, augered out the uh, loading port on the bottom. I. Th- thought I got a lot of the filings out and I guess I didn't because a lot of them found their way into the recoil spring assembly when I went to shoot the match the bolt was pretty sluggish and I had a whole bunch of jams because it just didn't like the recoil spring was just binding up and it wasn't uh wasn't going forward I still got third though so yeah yeah not bad nice. I think if uh if my shotgun wasn't doing the bolt action thing again I would have been uh I would have been at number one kind of a thing but uh, it was a it was a good little match and uh, yeah yeah pretty solid all the way around. Give us some cool. good ideas for uh, for next time. Uh, the last match I was out at my uh, my rifle accuracy I was just hammering the trigger uh, and my rifle accuracy hurt me on my last match. So this match I wanted to focus on making sure that that didn't hurt me. Uh, I took my time. I didn't even take my time. I looked at the video afterwards. And uh, it looks good. It's all like fast, bing, bing, bing. It's all fast on the steel, but uh, the accuracy was much, much better. I didn't, I didn't miss anything. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, real, just I, I really like doing that. Uh, uh, seeing what you failed at for the one match, and then working on, like working really hard on that for the next match, and then keep keep moving up uh, those different skills, right? And I think, yeah, I think that's it for me. Kelly, what about you? I did another Project Maple Seed shoot. We did it at Frontenac. We had to change our location because of the fact that 
We had it at a private range in Picton, and it was flooded, so we we moved over to Frontenac, and they were nice enough to nice enough to give us the range. And we had, we because it was a private shoot and the space was limited, we had limited it to ten participants. But it ended up only five were able to attend the event, so which was nice because there was five instructors, so everybody had one on one instruction. Yeah, That's so. Cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Uh, we were able to give two people rifleman patches. And uh, I, I'm finding that Canadian shooters are really, they're amazing shooters. Uh, we're getting about half of the people that are coming to these events, getting their patch and down in the States when we go to them. It's only about 10%. Instead of, like, that's a huge increase. I know so, you're not buying anything, but I like what you're implying. We are better shooters. <laughs> That's you what I'm how, implying. You know how many people shot a 300 at my Meg 40? One. That's right. Just one. Just one. Just the Canadian. Um, yeah, I, I do think Canadian. I think it's because of the fact that we have to go through the whole entire process to go to buy firearms and then go shooting. It's we're, If we go shooting, we want to make sure that we're going to be good at what we do, I guess. I don't know. What do you, why do you think that Canadians are better shooters? Uh, superior. Yes, we're, we're simply superior, I believe, the, in every in the, every conceivable way. Well, if you if you only had five people come out, I bet that you had people come out who uh, were really into this, and maybe yeah. that made them better shooters. I also I also think we don't take our guns for granted because they're they're it's not part of our culture. We're not born thinking we're entitled to guns because it's not in our constitution. So when we go out, especially newer generation shooters. People that were born in the 80s or 90s, even some of us born in the 70s, uh, we we take the trouble to get a license. We use our guns, and we use yep. them on a fairly regular basis. So I think be, there are fewer of us that have guns, but we're more um, adapted. We're more we're more uh, help me out competent with our guns because we take the trouble to use them more often. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But that's what we're finding. We're finding about half the people that come are getting the rifle. But they're all really good shooters. Like there's, there hasn't been anybody that has sucked. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But uh, yeah, so it was raining again. I think it's us. All of these events that we go to are either raining or snowing or yeah, dirty below. I think it's us. It's not because it's springtime. No. It's definitely you guys. You can blame the flooding in eastern Ontario on Project Maple Seed, basically. <laughs> it's not going to help your cause. <laughs> no. Everybody's next, going, the next shoot, can we make sure that there's no rain? You guys, you guys are responsible <laughs> for global warming. I know it. Yeah, I know. So that, it was raining again, but we all had a really, really good time. And guess what I'm doing this weekend? Let maple me guess seed. another apple seed? No. Ma- maple seed in the rain? No. You're going no. to SFRC? No. What? Uh, no, I'm going to Boston. We're going to do Battle Road. What's Battle so, Road? Battle Road. So it, that's part of Appleseed. Okay. I, I, we're going to go to Lexington Green. We're going to, to go to Concord. We're going to go to uh, Monotomy. And we're going to see where the different battles were, were fought. It's, it's actually pretty cool. We're going to Boston. We're going to go have a clam chowder. 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 It's but pronounced chowder. Chowder, not chowder. <laughs> Shout out. Say it, Frenchie. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Shout out. Best yeah. Simpsons episode ever. <laughs> We're going to go and play in the ocean, which is pretty good for an East or Coast could, girl. 
You could go to Harvard and f*** up some smart kids. Yeah, we can do that, too. Uh, you had to make me bleep some more, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Best movie ever. I don't know that yeah. one. What? Good Will Hunting. Yes, thank you, Hello. Kelly. Yeah, what are we going to do? I don't know. We go up to Harvard and f*** up some smart kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that's it. It's Maple Seed 24-7 for me right now. So. Awesome. It is what it is. Yep. Well, what it is is something new and grassroots on its way to becoming a mainstay in the Canadian firearms culture. Yeah, hope so. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This is this is going to keep growing. I mean, you guys are awesome. Well, thank the, you. The right people started this thing. I have every confidence that it's going to. You mean the obsessive compulsive and overachievers? Yes. This is yes. what you need. Yeah, this is the kind of people <laughs> that get things done. God. Yes. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for that. Let's move into upcoming events. The seventh annual. Okay. You want to go button moment, McClatchy? Bring it. So I thinking I'm being a good Samaritan, a good steward of the firearms community. Log on. (laughs) Yeah. Laugh it up. The fun girl. It was probably you. (laughs) I decide to log. I decide to log into practice score and register for the charity shoot. And then I thought, Hey, you know, it's pretty easy to do, but we talked about it on the show. We didn't know that you had to do it or could do it. So why don't I share the link on Slamfire Radio's Facebook page so other people can follow the link and register for the charity shoot through Practice Score? This is a problem. It's not a secure website. They click on my link. They were in my profile. <laughs> they were seeing my events, my stuff, and they also could have clicked the donate button. Oh, I so wish I could have gotten in on that. Yeah. Because well, you would have donated a lot. Yeah. Well, there's no credit card. There's no credit card hooked to no. my PayPal account or my patriotic page, uh, page, practice, practice score. score? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so you would have been all right. Them but know still. about that because they like the, they're, they're pretty security minded developers. Yeah. Uh, so you should, you should let them know because they'll probably fix that. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to use a link and get access to someone else's profile and be able exactly, to do stuff yeah. for them. Right. So shout out to Pat Harrison for bringing it to our attention and my attention. And then I, I would go check my, my registration, and somebody said that I was a host on the 1911 and, and Wood <laughs> podcast, <laughs> that my size was small. <laughs> anyway, last time, get the beat machine ready, Matthew. Last time I checked, my name was Eated. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so you guys are jerks. Not you guys, but whoever messed with my practice so i so i tried to withdraw from the event and i contacted andrew and i'm like andrew can you like go fix that or whatever and he's like i'm driving i'll do it when i get home and i never heard back from him again so (laughs) uh, i might be clowny mcneil right now i don't know anyway the seventh annual canadian podcast charity yes i deleted it for you so Ah, you should be good thanks well i mean until the next person clicks the link and oh yeah you deleted the link from facebook so just the jerks who got their hands on it the first time and started uh, messing with my... Uh, so it was a bad day, too. It wasn't a good day to do that to me. <laughs> it wasn't a good day. No. So the thin, the skin was thin that day. Um, seventh Annual Canadian Podcast Charity Shoot will take place on Saturday, July 8th in, at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club in uh, Guelph, Ontario. Hosted by the Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. This year's charity is Many to One. Um, where are we staying? We booked at what? The Days in? Something days like in. that. Yeah. So uh, there may still be some rooms available if you want to stay at the Days in. 
Otherwise, like all the hotels are pretty much the same distance from the range. So, um, the Frilacci class, are we still, uh, do we still have one spot available on one on day one and day two is definitely full still. So, all right, cool. So if you want that one spot on day one to get a uh, introduction to the fundamentals of, uh, handgun marksmanship, it will take place in Alberta. Uh, where Pontiac, where are we going? We're Pontiac, okay. yes. We're driving in a Pontiac to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Bonneville. Bonneville. Yes, Bonneville. Close enough go. to Pontiac. Bonneville was made by Pontiac. Yeah. <laughs> Pontiac, Bonneville. It's a thing. Look it up. It's Google a car. Uh, July 15th. Email us at slamfireradio.com, uh, gmail.com. And uh, the second annual Ronnie DeGroote Steel Challenge will take place at the Rescue Gun Club June 3rd. Registration at 10 a.m. Cost is 20 bucks. 250 rounds, steel challenge stages, and shoot-off competitions. Got to be a lot of fun. We've got people coming from out of town, people coming from as far away as Ontario. It will be fun. Next event is from Jason Philp. It's the BTSA Buffalo Target Shooters Association. is having some young guns shoot contests in Calgary, Alberta. Sybil Flats? Sybald? Sybald Flats? Sybald. Sybald yep. Flats. Sybald. All right. This isn't until September, October, and December. We can probably yeah, we'll just, do yeah. this one every other week. So, or every uh, third or yeah. fourth. Yeah. So once, once you, a year. Snowshoe shoot on December 31st. Contact Nick Luigi or sign up on Facebook. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. All right. Who's got the one from Ryan? Uh, the Me for Long Range Steel Challenge uh, will be running September 1st. First to third at the Canadian Forces Base Meaford. Registration is open, and you can check that out on Facebook. Cool. Um, the uh, Adriel, you want to do three yeah. gun? Yeah. yeah. The uh, next three gun match that's coming up is North Northwest Three Gun. That'll be in uh, Smithers, BC. Uh, so kind of uh, kind of way up north there in BC. Uh, the weekend after that, we've got three matches across the country. We'll have the Lakeland Three Gun match, Mighty Peace Three Gun. And the MHRRC out of the Medicine Hat area. So all three of those matches are next week on the 27th. Cool. Um, the Rescue Gun Club is raffling off a rifle, and you can buy tickets through me, through my per, through the uh, Rescue Gun Club email. So that's rescuegunclub at gmail.com. You can send an EMT. Tickets are five bucks each or three for ten, and it is on a Savage Axis stainless steel Savage Axis. 22250 with a Bushnell scope on it. Uh, also a soft case and a box of ammo and a trigger lock. The draw date is September 13th, 2017. We already had Byron buy some tickets. So as all the other draws we've, or raffles we've done through the show, if you send an EMT, I will fill out your stubs and photograph them and uh, send you a photograph of your stubs and uh, put your, uh, after I send you a photo of the stubs, uh, I will put your name in the uh, in the basket with the other tickets. So if you want to get in on that, you could win a Savage Access, and of course we'll ship it to you at the uh, club's expense. But the ammo, we won't ship to you. We will uh, keep for ourselves. Unless Perfect. you're local, you can have the ammo. Yeah. So oh, give it to me. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, you can have it. Yay! Thank um, you. You're welcome. Uh, Kelly, do you want to take the last one from Phil? Okay, from Jason Philp, uh, Silver Ruler Sporting Clays in Carstairs, Alberta, is uh, doing a ladies learn to shoot. Woohoo! On May 21st from 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Breakfast and lunch are included. 
you know, that's what draws in the ladies. It's always the, the breakfast. Food. Breakfast yeah. Yeah. lunch, yeah. Mm. Anyways, yeah. pie. The last oh, lady shoot I was at, we had pies. Like, you wouldn't believe. Anyways, okay. I want some pie. Uh, I need some pie. I now. want some blueberry pie. <laughs> uh, I'm going out for blueberry any, pie. Any time is a good time for pie. Okay, <laughs> let me finish this. Pie. Cost is 90. <laughs> Cost is $95. If you're interested, go to the Silver Willow Facebook page, and there's a link there to sign up. And 95 you, bucks, yeah. and and you get pie. Oh, now man, they're going to have to make pie. Yeah, pie. <laughs> okay. There's That's blueberry it. pie and strawberry pie and rhubarb pie. Strawberry pie. rhubarb is my favorite. Strawberry rhubarb pie. There's mm. blackberry pie. All the oh, way yeah. pie. Then there's pecan. pumpkin pecan. pie, pecan pie, nope. sugar pie. Nope. Yes, Oosh. that's good. Yeah. Come on, you're not there yet. What are, you, what are you looking for? Your favorite pie? Apple yeah. pie? Lemon meringue? Key nope. lime? Lemon nope. meringue, key lime. I don't know. What's your favorite pie? Coconut meat, cream. Meat pie. Meat pie. Yeah. Meat pie is at Christmas time. I, I don't know if it's a maritime thing, but man. They're good. Meat pie is at, yeah. Chicken and then pie. She got, pie. she got creative one year and started making Mexican meat pies. So she would take her meat, make her pies. At the end, she would dump salsa into the meat. Put the meat into the crust and then put Tex-Mex cheese on top of that and then Ooh. put the final crust on and called the Mexican meat pies. That would be good. It was good. Now I'm hungry. We're starting to sound like Modern Rifleman Radio. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, you're mean. Uh, <laughs> funny, though. Sorry, Ken. All right. Who's got these news stories? we got one about a petition and one about a U.N. marketing scheme is being put off. I knew about that, by the way. Yeah, me uh, too. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I mean, I knew about it. No, I mean, like, you know. Nah, I'm trying to brag that I like these. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's and go. Inside <laughs> track. All right, so. well, the uh, the uh, CFAC one is, uh, I, th- I thought, I think it's funny. Uh, so there's, it's a petition, and not that the petition's funny. I think it's a... Uh, uh, it's a good idea it, is what it is. Oh, it is. It's, yeah. And it's it's like, yeah, why, of course. Why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you? So, yeah. Uh, the... Uh, uh, the CFAC is the Canadian Firearms Advisory Committee. It's a committee of uh, 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 random people that the government thinks should be uh, telling us about firearms stuff. Right. Uh, and what uh, the CCFR has done is put out a petition asking that all of those members take their pals so that they know more about what they're, what they're legislating because some of these no people brainer. don't. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think it's a really good idea and it just outlines how, uh, ridiculous the current members are because if we've got a bunch of people who are, uh, making, rec- making recommendations on legislation and they know nothing about the legislation, they're, they were chosen, uh, for other bleeding heart reasons, yep. then, you know, <laughs> what do we do? Like, well, it would be like somebody a without it. It'd be like somebody without a driver's license going on, like, the Highway Act Advisory Committee. Like, how are they supposed to give valid input if they don't even have a driver's license? Well, this is the same idea. How they're supposed to give I, valid I input on... Have, I bet they have, like, a road biker on the highway. Probably. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just illustrating the point a little bit more, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, that no, that's awesome. And if nothing else, it's going to create awareness of this issue that... What do you mean these people don't have what really? Oh my God, government is that ridiculous? Yeah, yes. we need to, we need to drive that point home. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go is- sign this petition right now, actually. Good. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw it into the uh, show links as well. Yeah, we should all sign this. This is a great I did idea. This morning. Good. So the you. petition is E1093. Uh, there we go. One. That's so, easy. Cool. Go and click on it. 
going I just on. did. I'm, I've, I'm clicked. I'm clicking. There was five. I clicked. Like the email, and then you got to confirm that you got the email. Yeah. I clicked yeah. on it last night, and there was under 500, and today there's like 2,000. There are over thousands now. Yeah, Ontario alone has 1,400. It's being yeah. pushed hard. Yeah. I was tagged in it four different times today. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, don't, don't ask me any questions. I'm typing things. All right. No problem. <laughs> Yeah, who wants to talk about the UN marking legislation being put off? Well, it's pretty quick. I mean, they're they're just putting it off until I don't even, I can't even remember when it was supposed to be in, but uh, it's they're putting it off until December 2018. So it was supposed to be June, so they yeah. delayed it to December, which is good. Did they say yeah. why? Um, I don't. Docs Kelly, in a row? I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I they mean, just delayed it. I don't know. Put put it off indefinitely. I mean, just man. Yeah, like should we? Costs, I don't know. Oh, it's going to cost. It's going to cost us. I know, but I don't. Yes. There's 4,365 signatures on that, by the way. Oh, that's good. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, Adriel, what's going on with the other new stuff? You have some uh, some new products or products on sale to bring us? Yeah, Tell exactly. us about. Uh, the first one is uh, Al Flaherty's. They're taking pre-orders for the SIG MPX. I think we've talked about the MPX before uh, on well, the show, it's... but... Uh, they're just starting some, to take orders. It gained some notoriety, unfortunately, after the Florida nightclub shooting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we didn't really... I don't know that we had them out here before then. No. Mm. No. Anyways, we can have those now. And cool. Al Flair is taking uh, pre-orders for them. Do you, uh, know, the, you know what the classification is going to be? Because they're not in the air. These are short-barreled versions, um, so these are restricted. I wonder if we will get full-length ones. I wonder as well, because that would be interesting. That would be. At All some right, point, at some point, AR should be non-restricted. <laughs> like, if we have all these guns, if we've got the SIG MPX, we've got the Tavor, we've got the AR-180B, we've got the Modern Environments here, and all these other things, and, no, like, no one's going on these big shooting sprees with, like, a Modern Environment here, at some point, those ARs, are, like, should go non-restricted, right? That's but they never will because their lineage dates back to a fully auto receiver. That's that'll be the reason given. Okay, I'm not don't don't kill the messenger. I'm just saying that'll be the reason they give. <laughs> uh, I can hope. I can hope. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, but I mean, look what they did with the Mullen Lombe version of the 858. Like they're yeah. Wolverines. You know. I was I was just reading that thread today. Wolverines still working on some options. They might uh, they might bring in some other receivers and then use the parts to build those out. So. There's and they they had been selling uh, the stocks and parts kit. Oh yeah, I've uh, seen them showing up on the on the internet webs. Uh, basically, they're selling an eight five eight with a, a receiver that's cut in two. Yeah, well maybe which more. is good if you need parts yeah. or if you want the like that nice stock set that was on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Calgary Shooting Center has those SD nines for three seventy nine, which is like an incredible price. That's very low for that kind of pistol. Uh, Tenda has Preview Partisan. I think it's Preview Partisan. I don't know. PRVI. Preview Partisan. Uh, yep. PPU ammo, anyways. Uh, 223, 55 grain. Just your basic full metal jacket blaster ammo for 459. That is, is brass case, though. Yep. Brass case, non corrosive. So if you're looking for uh, three gun ammo for your AR, that's the stuff to buy because that's, that's a good price. And, you know. Unless unless your three gun cub shoots really far and you need some like long distance stuff, yeah. uh, one stalls has uh, Gen two Keltec sub two thousands in camo. 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen the the camel that uh, that the sub two thousands have, but it's kind of like a winter two thousand. What's that? How's your th- sub two thousand? Still out of commission. Still out of commission. Okay. <laughs> soon, soon. Uh, but th- uh, this one it has uh, like a winter, f- like leafy kind of camo on it. It's really weird. But I guess like here in Canada, if you're going to go, I don't know, rabbit hunting or whatever hunting with it, I guess that's okay. I guess that would be kind of neat. So anyways, they've got that camo printed version up here now. And the last one here is uh, Arms East has their Thurion Defense Carbines for sale. I didn't know that Arms East was carrying Thuron. Well, yeah, I guess they are. Interesting. I'm not sure if I like Thuron more than the just right or... I don't know. They both have a reversible bolt. Um, they both take a Glock mag up front. They both kind of look AR-esque. You're going to buy one? Well, of course you're gonna, If you're going to talk about yeah. those two, you should throw in the TNW Arrow as well because it'll take Glock mags and... No. Does it have the same ergonomics as an AR? It, I sent you a picture of it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's that's probably one of the better the looking picture. ones, in my opinion. Yeah, it's I got like the a, there's nothing for a forehand on. <laughs> no, that's what I like about it. It's nice and sleek and slim and and whatnot. No, mm. uh, no extra parts you don't need. The one cool yeah. thing about the Thuron Defense is you get it in ten millimeter, which makes it that you is know, cool. I, yeah, like because uh, ten mil is awesome. Chris Babes, I mean, he popped a deer. From a tree stand with one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You can get the, the uh, TNWs in 10 mil as well. 9, 40, 45, 10 mil, 357. Interesting. Meh. 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 Uh, that's it for the news. All right. Cool. Well, then let's move on to our next thing, which is me stalling because I got the show notes closed and I'm having to pull topic. back. Main no. topic. Yeah, yeah main, main topic. topic. Yeah, why don't we do that? Yeah. Let's do that. Here we go. <laughs> All right. All right, joining us now, we have a very special uh, couple of guests, actually. From uh, They're joining us from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. On the line, we have John Burns. And then after we're done talking to John, we will have Richard Tulaney. And uh, the, the main topic tonight is to talk to Richard about a new indoor range that's opening up in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Uh, but before we do that, John has been um, a friend of the show for a while. I imagine he listens once in a while, and we tried to touch base with John. What are we going back now, John? Two years? Uh, yeah, it'll be three years this fall. Three years this fall. So we all know about the uh, University of Calgary and how they have uh, a um, University Firearms Association. The um, well, Then we found out a little later on that the University of New Brunswick had one too, and John, you were in fact the president and and one of the founders. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I I founded the uh, the club after a number of students and one of the residences approached me as a, a former military guy and asked if if they could do some shootings, mostly international students. But uh, yeah, we we grew our own small firearm association that uh, operated for one school year before uh, before I finished my time at UMB. And uh, unfortunately, the next fall the um, the remainder of the club wasn't able to keep it operational without me being there most of the time, being the only guy with a license. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it did kind of fall apart. We just didn't have the personnel, but all the uh, the mechanisms were there. We ran a very successful program our first year. I believe uh, my godson, actually, um, Marcel Rashore, was a member. Oh, yeah, Marcel, yes, yes. Yeah, he just completed his restricted course, so now that means i got to pony up to buy him a gun because I said, you get your license, I'll buy you a gun, big guy. Well, that I've got a one. great deal, a great deal on a Beretta down here for you. No, no, I said a gun. 
So uh, I had uh, several polymer pistols at the time, but they're pretty much all gone now, and there's none left that I want to give him. I mean, he's my godson, but I don't love him that much, right? So yeah. hopefully he doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, he's not a very lovable guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I'm a man of my word, so I will get him a gun. So, all right. So you, you founded it uh, uh, to meet a demand, and you guys functioned for a year, and I imagine you shot primarily out of the indoor range on the north side of Fredericton? Yeah, we received a lot of support from the, the Ferguson Firearms community. Specifically, I have to give some some much-needed thanks to uh, Don Goodine, who owns and operates the Northside Indoor Pistol Range, and right. uh, Bob Kierstead, former Olympic uh, target shooting coach for the Canadian team. Um, without those two, it wouldn't have been possible to start this all up. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised that Bob was involved. Uh, Matthew and I know Bob. We took our first um, range safety officer course um with uh with bob do you remember that uh matthew i do yes yeah that was through the um royal and brunswick rifle association well that's it's good to hear that you had that going but it sounds like it's uh it, as far as it, you know it's folded it, it did fold uh however uh the constitution for the club still exists and is still ratified meaning that if the right personnel were to step in and the right organizations were able to help the students more i think i took too much of a role in leading everything myself uh, it's a little bit of my fault on that. Um, not I uncommon, think that it though. Could come back. Not uncommon, John, when something is new and uh, you're trying to keep something afloat. You, you know, usually you just get the members to be members in the beginning, but eventually, you know, you've got to have elections and have other people step up and take positions. And you were only around for a year, so you just didn't have time for yeah, that to happen. It, it was unfortunate that this was a venture I started in my final year there. Um, yeah. Now, some of the personnel has contacted me two years later. They're down here taking their courses. Uh, they've, they've finished their time at university as well. Uh, so it is nice to see that some of the things that, uh, that we taught and encouraged did catch hold in some of these members. Excellent. And I mean, Bob's still around. Um, oh, yes. Uh, I was speaking to Bob uh, just a couple of days ago. There you go. So I'm sure he would get back in and and uh, and help out for sure. He's been an active member of the New Brunswick Firearms community for literally decades. And as you said, a former Olympic coach and a great resource. Oh, yeah. He was so, a fantastic resource. Made himself very available, too. Awesome. Well, that's great, John. Um, thanks for that update and uh, bringing us uh, that story. And hopefully other people will follow your lead and, and get it started again. Um, well, the, you- uh, the NFA did contact me because they wanted to use the Constitution that uh, passed through the student union at UMB for another firearms organization that is going to be opening up for students in the Halifax area. Uh, um, I don't want to speak too much on them because that's going to be their time to shine when uh, when they pick up the mantle. But uh, there is an organization down here at one of the schools uh-huh. that will be trying to operate this fall, I believe. I don't want to speak too much for them. Uh, I was only roughly contacted about it to provide some resources. But uh, if such an organization does pop up, we'll definitely be one of those places to help them out as well. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of come full circle. You were a, uh, a founder of a, firearms, a university firearms association, and now you're at a range looking to help one start. So. Exactly. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, that's a, a good transition into the main topic then. Why don't you hand the call over to Richard and uh, and we'll uh, conduct our interview with him. All right. I'll turn you over to the fearless leader now. It's very nice to talk to you, Trevor. Uh, yeah, you too, John. Take care, bud. All right. You're there. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good, Richard. How are you? Fantastic. Sun is so, shining. Rich- Can't complain. Yeah. You guys had like 30 degree weather down there today. Yeah, it was 32. Oh, wow. Must be nice. Yeah. So, uh, Richard, we'll, we'll put you around the table here and introduce you to my co-host. You, we spoke on the phone earlier today. This is Trevor. Um, to my left is Matthew McClatchy. Hi, Hi there. Matthew. 
How you doing, Matthew? Good. To, to his left is uh, Kelly Molson. Hello. Hello, Kelly. Kelly is the classy one. She's kind of the uh, the conscience of the show. She keeps us in line. Uh-huh. And then, uh huh. There you go. The biggest, the biggest hooligan of the mall, Adriel out in Calgary. <laughs> I'm out All the way to Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Edmonton. What am I doing? Edmonton. Sorry. Sorry, enough, Adriel. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Anything wow. out west of uh, Toronto's Calgary, basically, right, Trev? Yeah. Well, and, just, yeah. and everything yeah. everything east of Toronto is Newfoundland. So. Basically, yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Richard, um, thanks for joining us tonight. It's okay, our understanding. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our understanding that you have recently opened up a new indoor shooting range in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your, your background in firearms, and then we'll jump into uh, how you started up this range and what's going on with it. All right. I'll tell you about myself. Well, start off, I'm uh, 23 years old. Um, I was actually never into firearms to begin with. I was more of a fisherman myself. So I started working for a, a pro shop that sold uh, fishing gear, hunting apparel, and guns. So that's that's how I got brought into the uh, firearm industry. Um, I started about three and a half years ago working for the the pro shop, and um, I just seen the market, and I I enjoy the outdoorsy. I'm like an outdoorsy type. So um, yeah, I mean we started uh, dealing with firearms, and I got really educated on it, and I just seen how big the market was, and I was like, wow, this is really something I enjoy doing. And I mean, what's better than doing what you love for a living, right? Oh, yeah, then uh, you're not going to work every day, really, if that's the way it goes. Exactly. So, did I hear you correctly? You're 23 years old? Yes, I am, yes. So you just started shaving, basically. And yeah, pretty much, so peach fuzz. Yeah, and you've opened up an indoor uh, gun range. Yes, it's been a long endeavor. A lot of hard work, I can tell you that. At 23, I was still lying about my grandmother dying so I could get out of exams at university, so that's, that's <laughs> pretty Yeah, there you go. Pretty impressive. So, tell us about the facility. What 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 all does it entail? Well, we have a uh, pro shop. It's about uh, the pro shop itself is ten thousand square feet, so it's a fairly like decent sized store. Um, and we split it. So imagine like a Kit, Kit Kat bar in four pieces. Uh, we one quarter of it is the indoor range. So we have a pro shop with the indoor range right inside of the store. We have a big concrete wall, uh, you know, dividing the shooting range from the store. And uh, it's eight inches thick, so we don't have to worry about uh, bullets flying out this way. Um, Challenge shooting, accepted. Yeah, there you go. The uh, the shooting range itself is 25 yards, the fully you know 25 yards away, uh, 75 feet, and we have nine shooting lanes. So our our bays are really nice. They're uh, glass bay dividers, so you can see somebody next to you shooting, making sure you know they're following the the rules. Um, and not getting brass in the face. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's also a fully automated uh, retrieval system as well, so no one doesn't have to like no one can go down range anyway. So it's not really safe to go down range where ammunition's flying. Um, yeah, we do have a fully automated system, which is really nice. Okay, and so tell me about the pro shop. What kind of products are you carrying? Products we carry in the pro shop. Uh, we're getting in now. We're getting into a lot of restricted firearms. Um, we're going to be carrying like the Sig, uh, Glocks, Smith and Wesson, uh, Savage brand. We have a lot of uh, you know hunting. Hunting gear as well. Uh, we do. We have a big selection of um, fishing gear and tackle as well. It's a big market down here for that kind of stuff. Let's uh, let's back up a second, Richard. What's the name of the business and where exactly in Dartmouth are you located? Well, we are located. Well, our, the name of our business is uh, Nova Tactical Incorporated. Um, we are located right in Burnside, so we're in the heart of uh, Dartmouth, right in the capital of the city there. Uh, 600 Windmill Road. Cool. 
And uh, what about rentals? Are if if I show up and want to rent a firearm, do I need a license? Does your business license cover that? Do you have ROs on sites? Uh, do I have to have a license to rent a gun? Do you sell ammo? What's 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 going on there? Well, for that department, uh, we do have RSO, like range safety officers, in the range. So that's the loophole around things in Canada. That's the only way you can come in without a license. So, yes, you, you do not need a license to come into our pro shop and rent a gun and use a facility. If you want to come in by yourself, you have to be over the age of 18, well, 18 and over, um, and you have to be accompanied by the uh, RSO. So you come in, you choose whatever firearm you'd like to shoot. We will have, you know, the generic firearms right up to uh, 922, right up to that 50 Desert Eagle and the 500 Magnum. Um, we have uh, AR-15s. We're gonna have over 20 uh, firearm rentals to choose from. Nice. Yeah. When um, when do you expect to be like 100% up and running? What are your timelines like? Well, our pro shop is up and running at the moment. Um, the gun range itself, we're looking about uh, to stay on the safe side. Three weeks. I'd like to see it sooner. And you always run into little uh, hiccups here and there, especially when. We talk about firearms. There's a lot of uh, legal part of things. Making it safe. You have to make sure the facility's safe before you open, and that's what we're doing at the moment. So, how has your experience been with the Nova Scotia CFO's office? Have they been pretty supportive, uh, fair with the application of the rules? Have you had your inspection yet? What's that process been like to actually work with the government to open a range? Well, I mean, working with the government, I don't even have to say anything about that. But uh, they they have been helpful uh, towards you know the completion of the the project. So they're they've been on board with everything. And the CFO is, you know, he's he's been helping out. So without without their help, I mean, it'd definitely be really difficult to try to just figure everything out on your own. That's for sure. Definitely. And yeah. what about your ventilation system? Is this something that you can call up one eight hundred gun range indoor ventilation, or is it something that you had to custom build? How do you go about building a proper ventilation system for an indoor range? Because I've been in some good ones. And I've been in some bad ones. And uh, the quality of air for an indoor range, is, to me, as a shooter, is really important. There are, there's a couple of ranges I won't go back to because you come out and you blow your nose and your nose is full of soot and you have to leave the range to get your breath. And it's just, you know, hmm, what... No, you're uh, absolutely right there. That's actually one of the, the more, most important things is the lead control and the, uh, the HVAC system. So the way that works is there's uh, something called CFM. I believe that's what, what the proper term is. It, you need 5,000 CFM pushing from the firing line and 10,000 CFM sucking it out. So we're not actually uh, filtering the air because, you know, there's, there's really no point in that. I don't, I don't really trust that. So what we're doing is we're actually, unfortunately, the heat, the heating bill is going to be pretty pricey, but we're going to be sucking out the hot air and just throwing it right outside. So we're not, it's just going to be constantly fresh. So, and that was really important. That was actually a lot of people's uh, concern is they always ask me, is how's the air ventilation? So we went all out and got a very nice system for that. It should so, shut off a match if you light it up. Nice. So the idea, so you've got like a constant seven a mile, approximately seven mile an hour wind going from the shooting line towards the berm. Exactly. Yes. And we did so the touch on the berm since you mentioned that right now. Uh, we did go with the rubber berm. It's actually called spaghetti rubber. It yeah. stops. It stops the bullet fifty um, percent faster than. I mean, there's two types of rubber you can get. There's probably three types of rubber you can get. You can get uh, about two inches thick. By you know two by two I can say and then one by one or you can go with spaghetti rubber so it's almost instantly stopped so I think you stop within a foot in and what's required is three meters or not three meters it'd be one meters is three feet um, of rubber and also we have a uh, steel at the very end just to be on the safe side quarter inch hard plate angled down towards the floor 
Yeah, we do have that. Yeah. Right. So you got the rubber, and then you got the angled steel. Okay. Now, yeah. what what is your range rated for? You said you've got a 500 Smith and Wesson on hand, so I think it's fair to say that you allow all pistol calibers. What yes. about what about rifle? How how big can we go on the rifle? Well, believe it or not, um, the rifle like we are building it for 50 BMG, but the rules in Nova Scotia are very hard to get around, and that's going to be more of the CFO's judgment. So. I have to please him, and, you know, his comment when I first asked him about it was the concussion. I guess the concussion itself is, you know, pretty uh, horrifying. Yeah, shooting a 50 BMG indoors would just knock the wind out of you. Like, it would be gross. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I've seen people, uh, I've seen gun ranges um, shoot them, like, actually in Calgary, and I don't know if uh, you guys have ever seen any 50 cals go off indoors, but you see the big dust cloud flying. It's not really practical. I mean, it's 25 yards, but it's just more of the thrill to say you shot yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you mentioned so, that it was a, a 25 yard range. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a 25 yards. I mean, you can you can sight in your rifles, you know, to get in 50 yard. Uh, I think uh, with the rule of thumb is 25 yards is equivalent to the 200 yard mark. I don't know if that's yes. true. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Okay. It almost goes up and it kind of goes back down right to zero. So. Yeah. You can get it sighted in in the wintertime. You know, we're open seven days a week as a bonus. It's not going to be cold for your average shooter. You can come in, you know, seven days a week all year round, which is a bonus for most people. Usually if you belong to outdoor ranges, I mean, you don't really get to see the uh, the shooting range in the wintertime and just, you know, two foot of snow on the ground. Hmm. So what about, uh, would you be open to the idea of an IPSC program and like one night a week, your IPSC shooters have a level one match. Is that something that you could see happening? Absolutely. I want to see every match. I want to make this a new thing in, uh, in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia here. Um, I'm not going to say I'm the only range, but there's, you know, there, there is an older range in town. And we got, you know, state-of-the-art equipment coming in. And I just, I became a shooter now, so it's a really fun. And, you know, a lot of people are actually thank me that we're opening up an indoor shooting range because everything's far out of the city, you know, 30 minutes to an hour away to go to your nearest shooting range. So, a yeah. lot of the shooters are very excited. The AMA range, yes, it's it's old. It's been around a long, long time, but it's also a club. It's not a public range that's run like a business where you can show up and rent guns. It's a different facility altogether. Right, that is true. Yes, you're, you're right there. Yeah. So, so this will be neat. This will, and then the only other one I know of is Nanchucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're up in Atlanta there. Yeah, not not a not a bad facility either. Um, oh, it's a nice spot. I've been there about three times myself. Cool. Okay. So Matthew, when are we going? Hey, I'm on my way. Welcome. I'm. I've already left. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you guys get the VIP special treatment. Well, we'll uh, we'll be sure to let you know when we're coming. Uh, I'm actually in uh, Halifax on the 12th of June for an indoor match. So uh, depending on my timelines, maybe I can check it out on my way home after the match. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you in here. Cool. Well, is there anything that I forgot to ask or mention that you'd like to bring up before we uh, wrap this up? Uh, I mean, we cover a lot of the stuff. Uh, I appreciate you having me on the on the, uh, the the station here. Um, the only other thing I can say is we did start a Facebook page that is telling a lot of people about the indoor range and uh, pictures. So if you do want to check anything out, our Facebook page is Nova Tactical. Uh, you'll find it right on the Facebook there. So Excellent. we'll put in the uh, show link uh, show links. Yeah. Yeah. And so then all your contact information is, uh, is all there, Richard. It is. Yes. Wonderful. Well, great. Listen, thanks for joining us tonight. This is awesome. It's always great to hear about new indoor ranges opening up in Atlantic Canada. 
and um, we were more than happy to give you an opportunity to to promote it. And uh, when you know things, if something new comes up or you have an event coming up that you want us to plug, shoot us an email. Tell us what's new. Tell us what's exciting. And either we'll just add it to the show or maybe have you back on to uh, to tell us what's new and exciting down at Nova Tactical. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Excellent. Okay, well, Richard, thanks for joining us. We wish you the best of luck and uh, hope to talk to you soon. All right, thank you guys. Take care now. Take care. All right, bye-bye. All right. Once again, I'd like to thank John and Richard for coming on to give us those uh, updates. And I don't know about you, Matthew, but I'm looking forward to checking out this range. Yeah, let's but go. That being, that being said, we've got an indoor range in Fredericton we ain't been to yet. Yeah, well, I true. can't speak for you, but uh, I've... I can speak tried. for me, and I haven't been there. No, and Source I hear it's, me. it's really nice. Yeah. Experience not been there. Yeah. So... So we got a new indoor range in Fredericton. We've got a new one coming in Dartmouth, or is in Dartmouth. That's good. The more indoor ranges, the better. I, I mean, I'd travel in the wintertime to shoot Ipsic at indoor ranges. What the hey? Yeah, why not? Mont- Montreal has a big level three every year in March at the indoor range out there. And it's uh, quite amazing what they do with stage design, given the fact that you are limited to uh, ver- or horizontal, or, yeah, horizontal movement and uh, pretty much straight down range. So, but I've seen um, uh, an indoor range. Indoor ranges use bullet traps so that not everything impacts the back the the backstop. So you can have a target at ten in a, in one stage, and then a target at fifteen, and a target right against the backstop. So they just build these amazing portable uh, bullet traps on wheels, and they put Ipsic targets on the front of them and roll them around in the positions. Pretty neat. I've also seen the lights come out of the ceiling from slag off steel when the shrouding isn't quite right. Ooh. That's always fun. Yeah. yeah. You're shooting a stage all of a sudden it starts getting just a little bit darker. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. All right. Let's jump into listener feedback. Um, and uh, I'll grab this first one here. It says, hi, Trevor. Just out of curiosity, what kind of Air 15 could you have bought with the money you put into your SKS? I seem to Probably recall. Probably one with wood furniture. <laughs> <laughs> How many uh, more SKSs could, could you buy with what you've put into your SKS with the loophole scope on it right now? A dozen teen. <laughs> I mean, after tax, maybe three, four. <laughs> you know, if you get them at 200 plus tax. So I seem to recall a comment made by Millsurp Trevor about what he could have buy, what he could, what he could buy instead of dressing up an SKS. That being said, I'm cheap and getting into an expensive rifle that I can slowly add thing add seems like a good idea. I think it's slowly added things too. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for doing a great job as always, Mark Price. So um, I answered Mark and basically any AR that's under a thousand bucks because the, you got your SKS is two hundred bucks. You mounted arms, chassis after taxes. Close to four, but not four, and then the rail, and then the brake, and the Magpul furniture. The and that's all in fine, but then you just have another AR, and you wouldn't have an SKS. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, right? You've got lots of ARs. How many SKSs do you have? Well, I know the answer too because you brag about it every week. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, right now I only have two ARs and two SKSs. Oh well, Whoa, even Steven evenly then. matched. Yeah, and. <laughs> I one time I had two Glocks and two 1911s, and I only have one Glock and. Well, that's the number of Glocks you need is is one, and the number of 1911s you need is about a dozen to find when that works right. Yeah, 
Eh, maybe so. <laughs> oh, I had a malfunction at the match. I hey, had a failure you. to eject. So uh, everybody surprised. Raise your hand. Track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nope, nobody. Hmm. Oh, I will not hide. No. Uh, the malf. I will report back every time the gun fails. I Absolutely. really, really will. Yeah, it's your I've duty. yet to have a, Yeah, I haven't had a malfunction in Tanfoglio. Just saying. Yeah. So it's because the Tanfoglio is not. Uh, 1911. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, who's got this one from Mark? Somebody grab that. All right, well, it's from Mark. He says, with the Ferlacci course coming only two months away, I wanted to reach out and remind everyone who is attending the options for camping and give some info on the range. So camping, you got two options available. People are welcome to haul their camper to the range and stay there at no charge, or I can book spots at the campground where I camp about 10 minutes from the range. Spots there are about 45 bucks. He hasn't confirmed the exact cost, but he will double-check that for us. Um, it's 45 bucks a night. Includes water, power, and sewer hookups. Also, there's an 18-hole mini golf. So, I don't know. I think we're going to cancel the class and just go do mini golf all day. Yep. Also, also included is corn. I love corn. <laughs> oh, I hope he makes corn. You know, you yeah. know he's going to have three yeah, or four dozen just for you. Matt. I can't yeah. wait. He's going to have a bucket of corn. Oh man. <laughs> so, I mean, the steak was all right, but that corn, man. Uh, so there's limited spots for camping options, so let them know ASAP if you require camping and for one night. Uh, oh yeah, for what night? And you can contact him at mark at mhjp.ca. Awesome. So cool. that will we'll mention that again in upcoming events uh, in a couple of weeks again, just to remind everybody because it is starting to come up. And uh, if you want to get uh, get camping out there, then actually you know what? If you want to camp, just email us and we will. We will hook you up with Mark, and you guys can sort out that stuff. Speaking of upcoming events, I apologize to my hosts and my listeners. Uh, there's one that I forgot to include. Well, it's uh, too late so, now, isn't it? Oh, darn. Can I please? <sighs> Fine. All right. Stoger Day. Stoger <laughs> oh, yeah. Day will take place at the Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club on May 27th. So they did this last year, and uh, they're doing it again. So if you want to get out and check out some of Stoger's latest and greatest products, go to the Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club on May 27th. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, Matthew, we have a Ipsic match here that day. Well, I guess, you know, we're not going. We're not going to the Ipsic. Oh, I'm just kidding. We're totally yeah, going to the Ipsic match. We're going to yeah. Yeah. Stoger's so. cool and all, but it's not Ipsic. Yeah, it's not Ipsic at the Rescue Gun Club. That's and right. And actually, neither, technically, neither is this. This is a club-level match. Right. Um, we're going to incorporate some of the steel from the steel challenge. Cool. So two birds with one stone. So it's a club right. match. It's not a, actually not an Ipsic, Ipsic match. Yeah. It's going to look remarkably similar to a level two, but with steel props that aren't legal for Ipsic. So I can't call it Ipsic. Sure. That's cool. Hey, so. I don't care. It's going to be fun, right? It is. Interesting. I like shoesting. If you would like to send the uh, show an email, you can do so by emailing us at slamfireradio at gmail.com. And you really should because we only got two this week. And really only one because that one from Mark was last week. We forgot to read it. So you should, <laughs> we, you should really send us an email. We like email. Ask us a question. Make fun of Trevor. You know, Tell me how great I am. I mean, obviously, yep. what else are you going to do if you write in? Standard stuff, right? Just your standard boilerplate kind of yeah. run-of-the-mill, you know. Typical, <laughs> yeah, normal shenanigans. I think we'll get hate mail from the Americans this year, this week. We might, because seeing as we listen, bragged about how good we are. We burned. <laughs> I'm just going to recap a couple of things, okay? One, we burned on the White House. That's it. Two, we rule the world in hockey. Yes, we and do. And three, now we're learning we're better shooters. 
Yeah. And don't we have better beer than they do? Yeah, we do. I mean, I'm not a beerer, a beery, beery, beery. Yeah, yeah sure. I believe yeah, it's beery. Beer yeah, connoisseur? Beer. No, I'm pretty sure beer I had world. it right with beery. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I hear that we got better beer than they do, so there's that as well. Yeah. And our bacon is awesome. Awesome. Nope. <laughs> no, that, that slice <laughs> of ham that we try to call bacon. The Canadian bacon. <laughs> That's so dumb. We call it Canadian bacon. We don't. We call it ham is what we call it. We call it, we call it ham. Female bacon. They call Cana- it Canadian bacon. Yeah. Why are we Canadian bacon? Are we like fat? Back bacon oh, is that's... supposed to be Canadian bacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, garbage. Yeah. That's a good yeah. movie, by the way, Canadian bacon. Very it good is. movie. It really mm-hmm. isn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Can't John Candy's in it? Michael Moore, that's why. Oh. Michael so. Moore's in it? Uh, I think he produced it or oh, really? directed it or something. Yeah, oh, he, really? he has his hand in Canadian bacon. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Look at the size of them. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> iTunes reviews, we ain't got none. So uh, yeah. get on the old iTunes machine and leave us a review. We've got five, 150 so far, five-star That's reviews. That's two times. 150? <laughs> yeah, you I didn't, didn't say. You, did, you certainly said and. I don't think so. We'll have to well, play, we're the, gonna, play the tape. Oh, we certainly will. All right. So we have... 155 star reviews, uh, 117 are from Canada, 30 American, one Australian, one from the UK, one Lithuanian, one Belgium. Thank you to those who navigated through that worst piece of software to leave that for us. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, shoutouts. I've got one for Filthy. Filthy bought a Tavor. Oh, no way. Yeah, so congratulations to uh, Filthy for that. That is cool. Yeah. So. I think he'll like that. Yeah, I mean, he's had a challenging couple of weeks lately, and uh, he's rewarded himself with a Tavor. So, good for him. Yes, definitely good for him. Uh, no new Patreonies this week, but uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash slamfire radio to become a Patreonie. It's really easy, super easy to become a Patreonie. Really And is. Um, you provide us with uh, a well, dollars, pledge. Basically. Yeah, a couple of dollars. bucks, a couple, yeah. you know, a caliber. And that money goes to do things like provide you with bonus content, provide you with patches, stickers. Uh, you have actually flown Adriel to the charity shoot. So that's the kind of stuff the uh, Patreon money goes to goes to uh, support. Yeah, it just makes the show better. It. it really does. Yeah, it sure does. So yeah. um, what else? I think that's it. So join one or more of our National Firearms Associations. It's important to support those who support us. And uh, get out there, do some shooting. Like us on Facebook. We have 1,659. Suck it, Matthew. I got that one right on <laughs> first try. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Until next week, everybody. Take somebody new shooting. And, off the um, mag. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Dump, Use your dump slang. Dump the mag. Dump the mag. Dump the mag. Yeah, mag dump. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, then. So that's it? We done? That's it. We right. done. That's it. Cool. Right. <laughs> Such a weird ending. <laughs> so if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.